Welcome to the Power Top Podcast with our very own, the Italian Stallion himself. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Paul Chicano. What's up? How's it going, Pastor? And myself, uh, Reverend Matthew DeLeon. How you doing, Pastor? Everything is going good, my brother. Isn't God good, Pastor? Yeah, he's been so good. Any though, Pastor? The season that we're in right now yeah. is blessing, and yet we see a lot of chaos. Lots uh, of it. Lots of war going on, Pastor. A lot of war. A lot of war, Pastor. Yeah. And that is a topic for today, Pastor. Awesome. Israel in our timeline. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're talking about Israel, Israel plays a pivotal role, obviously, in the last day. Uh, let, let's kind of look at it like this. From the very beginning, God has always wanted to utilize God, his people. And when I say his people, it doesn't mean that we're any less valuable. A lot of times people take away that, well, Israel's more important than everybody else. No, the, 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 the nation of Israel is important because it plays a huge part in what God's wanting to do as far as his plan. But it doesn't mean that he loves them more than us. Okay. It just means that he has a vested interest in protecting them yes. for a purpose. Okay. And I think a lot of times that gets mistranslated with a lot of Christians. Exactly. And, but God made a promise back through David, mm-hmm. that Davidic covenant, yeah. that he, there will always be that line there. Yeah, there'll be that line. And again, it's just simply because he has a plan. Mm -hmm. And that plan was one to get Jesus through the Hebrew people that would come through that Hebrew lineage. Mm -hmm. But then secondly, it would be a plan for the future. And again, it doesn't negate the fact that everybody else isn't any more important. Mm -hmm. It's just that there's a plan. So he's got to protect Israel in order for that plan to succeed. So, Pastor, why is Israel under attack so often? And especially right now with what's going on with the Gaza Strip, mm-hmm. over a thousand say uh, killed, yes. babies being beheaded, a yes. terrible, terrible travesties, Pastor, going on over there. There, There is. Okay, so if we go back in time, if we go all the way back to Abraham, we know that Abraham had two children, okay? Okay, so there was two children. One was birthed through his maidservant, Hagar, Hagar, Mm -hmm. and the other one was birthed through his actual wife, Sarah, Sarai or Sarah. And we know that Isaac was was from his wife and Ishmael was from his maidservant. So under under most uh, most Arabs um, in most Arabs are tend to be Muslim now and Israelites. They know that they all come from the same father. They know the same father is Abraham. So they all agree to that. What the problem comes is because under most, not, I don't know if it's necessarily a law, but it was kind of the way God orchestrated things from the beginning. Your firstborn was always your most prominent child. So all of the things that would that would be left to that child as far as the leadership, as far as the inheritance, as far as the decision-making, you know, it's the birthrights. It was always according to birthright, according to the, that one that was born first, Mm -hmm. which is exactly why, uh, what, who was it? Uh, Esau and Jacob, Esau and Jacob, Jacob wanted that birthright because he knew that the blessing, the blessing came through the firstborn Mm -hmm. and that firstborn would always get all of the leadership, they would rule over the family. There was a lot of stuff that came from that. Mm-hmm. Well, the Ishmaelites, which happens to be the Arabs world, which is mostly, like I said, Islam uh, of the religion of Islam. Yeah. Uh, well, Ishmael was born first. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that it was born through the individual who was not his wife, Hagar. Mm-hmm. 
And that God did not give the promise to Hagar. God gave the promise to Sarah. We see this even when God spoke to Sarah and Abraham. Yes. So this is where there's a conflict That's between good. Ishmael, yeah. the Islam, yeah. or Arabs, yeah. and Israel, yeah. Isaac. I love this history. It's a good history lesson for a lot of us who don't understand that or didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And so that that's where these wars stem even still today, wow. because ultimately they all believe they all believe that Jerusalem is the capital. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, they believe it's the capital of the world. And that's what they're fighting for. And that's what they're fighting for. Okay. They're not just fighting really for Israel, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They're fighting for the capital of Jerusalem, the capital, which is Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah. if you look, look yeah. all throughout time, mm-hmm. Israel, uh, Jerusalem has been attacked over 52 times in all of history well over about a period of about six thousand years is what we believe that mankind has been on planet earth since the creation you're talking roughly about every every 300 years it's being attacked that's it wow that's good you know? that's good to know uh-huh and it's been recaptured literally by other countries and then recaptured by the hebrew people 44 times so you mean israel didn't always own jerusalem not at all I didn't even think about that because the British, right. br- the British owned it. But British the- owned it. We can go back through time even until four, 1948. They really couldn't claim it as theirs until they became their own nation. Yes, and that's what British gave it, gave it to them. Right. And so we know that because Israel became a nation in 1948, they also, again, recaptured now Jerusalem. And so now even still Jerusalem on the Temple Mount is dual, owned partly by, mostly by the Muslims. Because they have two or three different mosques on the Temple Mount. No way. Yeah, even still today. And so it's not so much Israel. It's just that God's going to use Israel to recapture Jerusalem. And so this is why when you go to uh, Psalms chapter 122, it even tells us to watch this. It says... um, I was glad, first verse, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. See, this is where ultimately the temple is going to be built on the temple mount for the Lord when he comes back. And so God, we know that the Lord's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem when he puts his foot. It says back on Zion. Zion is also representative of Jerusalem. So when the Lord comes back during that battle and he defeats the enemy at the Battle of Armageddon and we see it in Megiddo or uh, or whatever, what's going to happen is that after the Lord destroys all the enemies, he will rule and reign with us for a thousand years and it will be directly in Jerusalem. So, wow. Pastor, is it the new um christ bride is is it jerusalem is it the new jerusalem that's the new jerusalem so we just know the significance of jerusalem in itself yes so jerusalem is what's playing the most important part it's like i said is is it israel the nation itself yeah the people within the nation it is because god's going to use the people we know that 144,000 are going to be specifically mandated and marked by god to be witnesses for that first three and a half year. Uh, in the end times. In or the end times. During the tribulation, tribulation period. Tribulation, thank you, thank you. And so what's going to happen is, is that Jerusalem is going to be a key factor in the Lord coming back and retaining and recapturing Jerusalem again. Okay. Because ultimately that's where the Antichrist is going to rule during the tribulation period. In Jerusalem? Uh-huh, in Jerusalem. 
So he's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem because that's the capital in their eyes. So wow. he's going to come back. He's going to take, he's going to, the Antichrist is going to take over. He's going to rule and reign. It looks like for a short time over in the Middle East, but then he's going to come. And as far as I can see, he's going to come back and he's going to rule. He's going to recapture Jerusalem. Then the Lord's going to come back and recapture it again. My but this time it'll be for a thousand years. He's going to rule and reign. And then he's going to receive his bride. So, wow. You know, and then that again is going to be the new Jerusalem. And there's a lot. And unfortunately, we don't have time to unpack all that. No, we don't. so good. Well, it kind of helps us understand why the Lord prayed the prayer. He says, oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, how I desire to gather you like a mother hen gathers her chicks. You see, a lot of people thinking that he was just talking about the people of Israel. Yeah. No, he's not talking about just the people. He's talking about the fact of place where he's going to lead from. He's saying how I desire to get, because from there I'll be able to lead all my people. I'll be able to lead all of it. That doesn't just include the Israelites. It includes me and you. And so he was prophesying is what he was actually doing. A lot of ministers, again, and I'm not saying that I'm better than any minister. I don't want to say, but what I don't hear a lot of ministers talk on that because they assume that it was more or less just a, a prayer prayer that jesus just desired something no he was prophesying something that ultimately will happen i believe it and jesus didn't you don't pray something like that from jesus there's always something some symbolism behind it yeah there's always something significant that means there's significance behind it and because of it it means that there'll be something that will transpire in the future even with that prayer that prayer has got to be answered Wow. that prayer is still yet to be answered because he longs to hold longs it longs to hold them yes he longs to hold them. And not just any place, but in Jerusalem. But in Jerusalem, because he knows that when he sits in Jerusalem, under his authority, under his leadership, yes. he'll be able to gather his people and will be able to go to him during that time. So, wow. so it's not only just symbolic and representative of the Jerusalem that sits in the Middle East or in Israel. Mm-hmm. It's also symbolic of the bride, because ultimately we'll be able to go in and out of the bride. Yeah. To worship him according to scripture in wow. in Revelations 19, 20, and 21. Yeah. That we'll be able to go in and out and worship him on his throne in the New Jerusalem. That, that's That's awesome. why he's wanting us to be able to gather. Pastor, as Christians, we have a lot of things to look forward to. Yeah, we do. There's a huge, amazing stuff to look forward to in the future. So Israel plays a very big role in this. I just want to say kind of a side note to the mean, or definition of Jerusalem. According to Isaiah chapter 1, verse 8. It means daughter of Zion. Yeah. In Second Kings nineteen verse twenty one, it means uh, virgin daughter of Zion. That's right. So we see it means basically children of Zion. It does. It means daughter of Zion, but it also means peace. Mm. Jeru Salem. Salem is peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's city of peace. City of peace. And so that's where when God rules, it'll bring peace. It'll bring peace. It'll restore peace. And that's why of all the world, when you look at the planet in its entirety, Jerusalem is the target. It's the target. It's the target because where God rules from. So in reality, Jerusalem really will be the center and the capital of the world at that time. But then the new Jerusalem will be the capital between heaven and earth. And how do we know this? Well, again, these are I'm going to give you a little bits of revelation. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's go. Go for it. So where does the new Jerusalem come from? Heaven. Heaven. But where does it sit? On earth? On earth. So it means it's going to be the connector between heaven and earth because we're no longer going to be in heaven. But we're, we're going to have access to the things that are that are like heaven. So, Pastor, when the scripture says he's, he's, uh, he's making mansions for us in heaven, mm-hmm. 
do you do you think it's, that's also part of it where the new Jerusalem where yeah. our new our new mansions will be there very much so could be so yeah well it even says remember when Jesus said to pray this prayer he says our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven well it will the kingdom will be established now truly on earth and in heaven as it is in heaven wow so what's the kingdom well we'll see that kingdom the, the, the representation of what's going on in the kingdom of heaven yeah. will be displayed in the new Jerusalem. And it'll actually be done on earth. Wow. And not with a not with the strength of man's hands. Right. But with God. But with God. So so what we see is we see it, 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 the New Jerusalem playing a big part. Mm-hmm. So but it revolves around Israel. And okay. so even Israel is going to play a big part in that end time. Yes. So if you read, watch this in 122. Verse 3 says, Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. So basically, it's talking about compact. In other words, where it's brought together. In other words, it's saying where it's all going to be one. It's compact. It's all one. And then watch this. It says where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord to the testimony of Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord for thrones are set there for judgment. Thrones of the house of the David, house of David. Wow. According to Scripture, in the New Jerusalem, God's throne, Jesus' throne will be set in the New Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have a throne there. Mm-hmm. But he's also going to have a throne in regular Jerusalem, too. Wow. So the throne is important because a throne is symbolic of authority. Yes. It's all it's symbolic of his place of leadership. Kingship. His kingship and his authority over his people. That's all throne is. That's all. That's what the throne is symbolic of. So he needs a place to rule his people from. Wow. He needs a throne, yeah. and so we see that in both Jerusalem's, the one yes. on earth yeah. and the one that's going to bring heaven to earth. Wow! And so watch it says, for the throne. So we even see that it talks about the tribes of the Lord. Well, we know there's twelve tribes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, there's going to be twelve. There's going to be twelve doors that surround the new Jerusalem. Three on each side. Each with the name of each tribe, so wow. so we're going to see the tribes connected to that door, to that Jerusalem. Even wow, we're going to see twelve tribes of Israel, which are going to be marked, and it'll be twelve thousand of each tribe yes. that are marked specifically for God to use during the tribulation period. Israel again, and Jerusalem, and to the tribes. All this stuff goes together. Then we see, watch in verse six. Wow. It says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Why would we pray for the peace? Because ultimately when God sits there, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be established. It's going to establish his peace. After he defeats the enemy, then he'll sit in Jerusalem. When he sits on his throne in Jerusalem, in Israel, peace instantly starts. So that's why he says, pray for the peace. Why? Because he's saying, pray for the peace. Pray for the, uh, pray that the peace that comes through his authority, that comes through his rulership, that comes through his kingship, that comes through his salvation, that comes through him as the king and the lion of the Judah, redeemer. the redeemer, the prince of peace will literally sit here because when he sits on that throne, yeah. peace will abound all throughout the earth. And going back to the comment you talked about, there's criteria in that scripture. It says we have an obligation to pray Pray. 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 Right. And a lot of people say for, pray for the peace of Israel. That's not what it says. It says pray for the peace of Jerusalem. 
because the peace of Israel isn't going to be established until the peace of Jerusalem is established. And so a lot of times I hear ministers pray for Israel. Well, we need to pray for Israel. It doesn't really say pray for Israel. But the emphasis is for Jerusalem. The emphasis is for Jerusalem because what Jerusalem eventually uh, represents. Pastor, what does that sound like when we're supposed to pray for, for Jerusalem? What is that supposed to sound like for us as Christians? It sounds to me personally for Christians that we're believing for a future that has not yet been established. So we're praying for that future. We're praying and believing that God is going to come and defeat his enemies, our enemies. So we're praying for protection. Over we're praying for protection. We're praying for his authority. We're praying for the we're praying for the thing that right now we don't have. A, look at what's going on in the world right now. Mm -hmm. especially, this, country. especially in our country. We see it in Israel. We see it all around. The, the, the world, it's, it was what they call rail, railing, A R-A-I-L-I-N-G, railing, which means it's at complete chaos, yes, which is the opposite of peace. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so what's happening is because we've never seen such chaos as we do right now, what's happening is, is that the world right now is in need of peace like never before. And so what I see for this in the future is that when the Lord comes, he's going to bring what man can't solve. He's the only one that can solve it. He's the only one that can do this. This is why we need the Lord to show up. Because if he doesn't, do you realize that we would destroy the world and everybody that's in it? Right. Come on, Pastor. This is not a financial matter. This is a spiritual matter. This is a spiritual matter right now. And this is why we need to be on the look for Israel. Because if Israel ever got destroyed, there's no hope for Jerusalem. And what happens to the rest of the world, Pastor? And what happens to the rest of the world, then all of us lose. Because ultimately, God needs Israel. He needs the He needs His tribes. We see this in Psalms 1.22. We see this when the doors are placed upon the... the, the the new Jerusalem or the yes. new the bride. Yes, we see that they're going to play a part in Revelations, yes, these 144,000, which represent the tribe. We see all of them. These are all going to come from Israel. Right. And so if Israel ever got destroyed, there's no hope for any of that to happen. And then all of Revelations is, is it does, then the Lord loses. And he's not going to lose. And he's not going to lose. No, sir. No, that's why we pray for the peace because we're believing for something that yet has to happen. Yes, sir. So we pray it by faith believing that it will. And so that is our responsibility and obligation to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. To pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So that way it's not destroyed. That's that's another way of saying, Lord, come. Yes. Come. Put your foot on, on Zion. And you said the definition of Jerusalem is city of peace? It's like city of peace, I believe. Can yeah, believe because that? Salem means peace. Can you believe that? Uh-huh. Yep. That's amazing. And it so amazing. that's why we pray for it. And it says even in verse 6, it says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Look, if you want to prosper, that's why we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Peace and prosperity. Yeah, peace and prosperity comes with that when we pray for the peace. Um, peace would within our walls. Uh, prosperity within our palaces is what it says. So that means everywhere we live, everywhere we are, that God would make us prosper. Well, the walls represent your nation, represent wow. the places where, uh, where uh, the place that you call your country. Yes. Palaces represent your home. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. And yes, sir. so, they, you know, you want prosperity in your home and you want peace in your nation. So basically Psalms 122, if we just look at that, that's kind of a blueprint for what we should be praying for our, for Jerusalem. Yes, it is. And we do this for the sake of our brethren, according to Scripture. In verse 8, For the sake of my brethren and my companions, I will now say, Peace be with you. So we're doing it for them in Israel. 
Okay. That way the Lord will will bring not only just peace to them, but prosperity to them. And with you say that in verse 8, it's not just prayer, it's now declaration. It's it, a declaration. It went from prayer to now declaration. That's exactly right. That's why it says say. Mm-hmm. Now say peace is within so you. So it's done. It's done. It's done. It's established when you say that. And so it's extremely important that we understand with all the stuff that's going on in Israel right now. Um, we're talking right now as, as it is. They've, they're somewhere between 1,400 to 1,500 casualties right now with this war between Israel and Hamas. And that's the biggest in decades. Right. It's the most that we know of in decades, yeah, since probably World War II. World War II. Um, and we know that there's roughly 150 Israelites that have been taken captive, and that's soldiers and civilians. And so between 1,500 dead and 150 as casualties or, or, or taken hostage, that, that's devastating because you understand Israel is one of the most fortified nations in the world, even as small as they are. And for them to be able to get in and break their barriers, it was well planned. And so this is huge. And so the war that's going on right now between Israel and Palestine is going to probably go on for quite a while. Um, and it's going to go until Israel feels all of the actual extremists are taken out. Okay. And that could take years. Okay. And this, this I don't know exactly how long. Yeah. It, they, they could be able to do it anywhere from two. I would say anywhere from two to ten years it could take okay. them to de- defeat all of these terrorist groups. With that being said, Pastor, going on to the kind of next point here is, what's it look like for Christ's return at this point? Well, for the rapture. Again, there's a, I'm listening, and there's a lot of ministers are saying, well, now it's prolonged as far as the Lord's return. Actually, it's not true. It actually could it actually speed it up. I tend to I tend to agree with you. Yeah, it actually Pastor. speeds it up. Yeah. Whenever there's war, usually a re, there's usually something significant that happens that brings instant peace. And so my point is this is that Right now, the only reason Hamas and the Palestinians are able to take and do what they've done against Israel is because of one reason. These extreme terrorist groups, okay? So when you got these extreme terrorist groups, you got to understand that there are a lot of peaceful Islamic people. A lot of them are very peaceful. So that means there's a, there, there's the way they read the Quran and the way the extremists read the Quran are different. It's kind of like there's many different uh, many different interpretations for Christians when yeah. they read the Bible, right? Yeah, it's true. Okay. It's true. Same version. It's the same way with the Quran. So you have a lot of peaceful Muslims, even though they may not be what you call they are Israel Israelite or Hebrew people lovers. Right. They don't hate them to the extent that they would want to go murder their children and kill them. Um, that's that's the extremists that that see it that way. And so they called Israel the great demon. We're the greatest demon. Where they even call us the bigger demon because we have the power and the authority to be able to go in and, and, and do great damage to them should Israel get hurt. So they, they look at us as the the great demon. So kind of a side note. I mean we're talking yeah. it almost sounds a borderline conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Are, do you think there's some kind of agenda against the United States? Oh, for sure, because remember, as long as Israel as long as United States is in power and has the ability to back Israel, 
Remember, oh, wow. that means wow. that the radical jihad, wow. extreme terrorist groups, the Palestinians, the Iranians, Iraqi, yeah. all of these extreme uh, Muslims and is Islamic forces, they'll never be able to control the world as long as we exist. Mm. And that's really what this comes down to. So we're a threat. So we're a threat to them. You know, most other countries, even if they have their own belief systems, it's not about owning the world. But with Islam, it's about owning the world and ruling it. So they're one of the, the, the extremist groups that have that, you know, that have that in them. Well, I think it's interesting because going back to what you said to Abraham that time where Abraham actually forced Hagar to go. And in her process of going, fleeing back to Egypt or wherever she was from. Yeah. There was a prophecy about Ish, uh, Ishmael. Ishmael. He'd be a ravenous wolf. Yeah. Always in war. Always in war. And, and if if the Ishmaelites or the Arab world or the Islam Islamic people could see that, they would understand that Israel's not the real issue. The real issue is that they've misinterpreted. Yes, sir. A, you know, Muhammad misinterpreted the very thing that they're fighting against or for. When in reality, the first, the promise goes to Isaac, not Ishmael. Because he was the promised seed. Right. And that's why, because the ravenous wolves, there's no peace within them. They're always at war. They're always at war. And so what happens is, is you've got Israelites and America standing together as allies. And so because we're allies, it's the only thing that keeps them from destroying Israel. Is because they got a great ally in the United States. Wow. So wow, that's yeah. it's a, going back to the rapture. So you believe it's coming more sooner than yeah. La later? Yeah. So because of that, so what will happen is, is that once Israel gets rid of the, all of the extremist groups, what happens is, is the peaceful portion of Islam, mm -hmm. those that don't see the Quran quite the same as the extremist groups, mm -hmm. they're ready to make a peace treaty. They tried to do it back about fifty years ago in like nineteen, I believe seventy two, okay. but they didn't accept it. Well, they didn't accept it because they didn't like the the oh stipulations the stipulations and stuff that were placed on the whole Gaza Strip and the Israel, the Jerusalem thing. I don't know, remember all of the details. Sure. I read it, but I don't sure. remember it all. But but long and short of it, they didn't quite agree with it. So, but they were all in all, there was no major issues until about 1989, 1990. Okay. Then all of a sudden, you see Saddam Hussein rise up, and then that's when America went to war in Baghdad. Yeah. Norm, Storm and Norman Schwarzkopf yeah. went to war and yeah. we, we seized a lot of, we seized Baghdad in less than like a week or two weeks or whatever. Wow. Well, we stopped a lot of it. We stopped all of it and then we didn't have any real problems until all of a sudden again until 9-11. Mm -hmm. And then it started over and since then it's been a problem. Yeah, We've had a problem so. with the, you know, these extremist groups. And we haven't been the same. And we haven't been the same. No, but no country has. So long and short of it is. If Israel can, however fast they can get out these extremist groups, this is what I believe. I believe that the peace treaty between the, the potentially the Palestinians and Israelites will be signed. When that's signed, that'll give the Antichrist the ability to come in with that peace treaty. Wow. Now, I like what you said on your message. Yeah. If you see the Antichrist... You missed it. Yeah. And so according to Second Thessalonians, I believe chapter two yeah. or three, 
Um, that's how we'll know that the, the tribulation has started is once we see the Antichrist. So if you see the Antichrist, you've probably missed the rapture. Wow. Wow. You probably missed the rapture. And that's what even Paul was trying to tell the Thessalonian church because they were curious, did we miss it? And he's like, no, you'll know you'll miss it if two things. When you see a great falling away or the word falling away is also another term for a great rebellion which is cognizant of the tribulation period. Okay. A lot of people think that that falling away is going to be a falling away prior to the tribulation period. Yeah. It's not what he was saying. Mm -hmm. Again, we get it messed up in the translation, but he was trying to say that there'll be two things that'll occur. This falling away or this great rebellion mm -hmm. and the, 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 the revealing of the Antichrist. And these are two things that'll be cursors to the 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 tribulation beginning gotcha. and that's when you know you've actually missed it and that's what he was trying to tell the people look you're fine mm -hmm. you haven't missed right. the return of the lord right. because these two things haven't happened yet yes exactly and i'm sure whatever they were going through they're like man this feels like hell right now well because remember jesus had already come mm -hmm. jesus had already come so a lot of people thought well then we missed it Okay. And Paul was trying to help them say, no, no, no. That was when he came, he'd come for salvation yes. to, to deliver us from that tribulation period. And if you yes. go read the first chapter, mm -hmm. he's like, man, it was to deliver you from the tribulation. Mm -hmm. He goes, but here's how you know when you didn't truly miss the next return. Exactly. Is if the Lord returns and then you see the great rebellion yes. and the Antichrist. And I love to kind of close it with this part of it is I love what the Apostle Paul says. The guaranteed deposit is the Holy Spirit. Yes. And once he's gone, we're once gone he's gone, once he's gone, we should, yeah, it's because the church is gone. Yes. And so at the end of the day, I believe we're closer to that end mm -hmm. simply because now Israel is involved in one of the probably going to be the biggest war that they've been a part of. Mm -hmm. In since World War II or since the 1960 war, the seven day, the six day war, or whatever, uh, wow. since the 60s. Wow. Um, and I believe that was in 1967. I could be wrong, but wow. it was the seven day war or whatever. Wow. Uh, so that war marks probably the biggest war that they've been a part of. Right. And once they exterminate these radical groups, I believe that'll give the peaceful, more peaceful is uh, Ishmaelites which is Islam and Palestinians. Mm -hmm. I believe that now they'll feel safe without retribution yeah. from their own terrorist brothers yes. to be able to sign that peace treaty. Wow. So I believe we're closer than ever because okay. of it. Last question, Pastor. What should we be doing as Christians right now? Well, we, we need to keep, we need to be aware of what's going on and we need to, we need to spend better quality time with the Lord because at the end of the day, all of the plans that you want I'm not saying that God doesn't want them fulfilled in your life. But what I will say is this, is don't spend more time thinking about you and less about him right now. Amen. Amen. That is so good, my pastor. I'm just writing that down. Yes, Sorry it, for the long pause there, but I was yes. writing what you're saying now. Yes. So listener, there you have it. Unfortunately, we are out of time. And this is so rich and so juicy, so mm -hmm. full of information. And I know you're kind of salivating like I am with all the, what Pastor Paul is talking about. But... The best thing you should do right now, pray and declare peace over Jerusalem. And like Pastor Paul just said right now, spend time with the Lord. No more distractions. We love you, listener. Don't forget to share this, like it, and let us know how we're doing. We love you. God bless. Thank you for joining us today. Power Talk Podcast is brought to you by Powerhouse Church. You can listen on Spotify or download the Powerhouse Church app. 
If you would like to comment, need prayer, or want more information, contact us at powerhousechurch.us.